This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So I went out with the Yahoo guys last night, and so I'm hurting this morning. Uh, doing shots, I got to remind myself. I don't know why this needs a reminder, but doing shots is it's almost never a good idea. Yeah. So uh, who 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 all went? Uh, it was Brad Barons, uh, Brett, who's a P and pod, uh, podcast producer. Yes. yes uh, Klobacha was there. And uh, Liz Loza was there. Oh, and Matt Harmon was there. Right. <laughs> nice. So you're, uh, you're, yeah, you didn't get to sleep in like you normally would for your XM show in Lisbon. So you were up early this morning. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I mean, it was, hang on, device, just hold on. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, you know, it, it was, it was just lack of sleep. I was basically like, I didn't know if I could actually deal. And then, you know, but it's just like muscle memory. You get on the air, you can start talking. Right. And uh, it's not even a big thing. All right. Well, we can do a short one here. And sorry, I had to change the days. I'm getting my shower redone in the same kind of room where I do all this stuff. So uh, I held them off until noon. So um, so let's let's do this. All right, man. What do you got for me? You got anything um, interesting going on? No, I mean, I, I mentioned on the XM show, just I don't know why I'm already, you know, you already utilized 90 percent of this to embarrass me. But Tuesday night, I went to the Giants game. A big group, nine of us, and uh, I, I dropped uh, an Anthony Rendon screaming liner. Just, I, I would say I had to go left or right, but it's hit basically directly at me. And uh, you know, I lost my wedding ring ten years ago at labor. You know, with you, not not during labor, but the fantasy baseball draft in, in Arizona. You know, uh, and I just got a new one for the first time in ten years. So I'm going to blame that. Hit off the wedding ring, nailed my thigh. I have a bruise, and anyway, the ball ended up in the 75 year old man's hands right behind me and uh even the group in front uh, that wasn't sitting with us saw it and they, they watched a, 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 an usher come up to me and asked if i needed medical assistance Dead serious <laughs> i mean so with a serious face i mean ask me if any medical assistance. i'm like no ma'am i do not need medical assistance my, uh, my ego but... my ego is bruised but no please please get away as fast as you can uh ma'am but yeah. that that was a so that's that was that i went home and i, I made sure my wife recorded it after that happened and i, I went and i rewound it and i Fortunately, it was not uh, the butt of the telecast jokes, and it didn't ma- didn't make it on screen. But it was it was pretty embarrassing, man. I've been known been called butterfingers ever since. Yeah, you know, if if we did the video pod like we used to, I can't deal with that now because I'm way too hungover. But if if we did that, I could splice in the footage of them showing it on the jumbotron, <laughs> and then everyone mocking you and laughing at you. 
Yeah, it, it was bad. It was it was very very embarrassing. So that that was my my story of the week. Me dropping a foul ball and a, a big group, including the people that weren't sitting with us, saw it happen and then saw an usher come in and and seek see if I seeked medical attention. Pretty bad. Well, yeah. you probably have better news though because your your overall team is it uh, is it still top ten? My uh, online overall, the one that you and I did the bet on, is eighth right now. Oh, so. man. That's within striking distance. You can sniff it. You can smell that, what, 125K? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm taking it seriously. And then my other NFPC main team, my NFPC main team is in first place in the league, and I'm like 80-something there. So I'm not quite uh, you know, contending yet, but still two months left. So I, I, really you know, my yeah. goal is to win both. You're winning your, uh, your, your main event? League I am winning the main event nice. league. Yeah, nice. Well done. I keep losing. I keep losing players, but I don't know. It's just been. I, I guess you know what it's been. It's like things worked out. Knock on wood. But like you know, when you go on for like a whole month. Remember, I was bitching so much earlier about how my teams are so bad. Who could forget? I've gone like a whole month with just only good news, pretty much. I, I know I'm jinxing it, but it was like any pitcher that goes does well. Pick up Rick Porcell has a good game, gets the win. You know, I pretty much everything I've done is just worked out. Like I have Yuli Gurriel I picked up in that league. Yuli Gurriel is hitting like 400 with like 15 home runs the last month or something. You know, I've got uh, – I put in Danny Santana who was just killing it for a while. Like picking up these random guys that were kind of borderline in a 12-team league two months ago who were like huge stars. Yeah, part of me I want to say is I'm like, oh, I'm fine that I was super aggressive in my fab – because whatever, it's like if those teams wouldn't have done well, you know, maybe it would have been the case and I'm ready to move on to football. Although I am having some success, some, some baseball just certainly not doesn't sound like as much as you. But another part of me is like, it seems like a lot of people have already checked out on, on the flip side. And there are so many guys that are just readily available and so much cheaper. If you can just save that money the first two months and, and, and not have the urge to get after those prospects. Like Austin Riley, by the way, I got to give you a hard time. You were all, you were, you were just like kind of ignoring just how glaring the, the K to walk ratio was. And that was just so, so bad. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, I think, do you not agree right now? That you, have you been able to do a good job right now? Do you, do you feel like more of the leagues checked out and you're able to maneuver your fab pretty easily? No. I um, mean, that one that's an eighth overall, I thought I was going to get all these players last week. And okay. not only did I not get you know, my top choices, but I put in for four different players to drop four guys and only two of them even got dropped. And I had pretty long lists. Like my 15 player list got totally eviscerated for two of them. And so fair I still prices, have you're my, saying, you're saying aggressive, like decent prices, you're saying, not just like one well, no, stab. Yeah, I, I don't have much money left. So I, you know, all my bids were low, but you think if you put like 17, you'll get somebody unopposed. Yeah. But for two of my lists, I didn't get anybody. So right. for some reason, that league that we're in besides you, because you have no fab, <laughs> um, people are still making aggressive bids. I wish they wouldn't like, go away. You can't catch me. So yeah. let it go, but they're not. And so there's no, uh, you know, there's no, no one's being nice to the beat Chris Lisley. And I would be a little concerned of that. Like you could be concerned in the sense that like, well, if you know, people who like me join the league, is it going to be a weaker league and help me in the overall so far? No, you're the only one who's uh, spent all the money. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to know. So you still, it's very competitive still and, and tougher. It's not been able to move. Very but competitive. Like, I think, but, here's how many guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 20 players went before I got my first player, which was Porcello. And then I got uh, for four. And then I got Peraza for four. And then another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more players. So we're like 30 players bid on this week. That's a lot yeah, for August. Yeah. 
Yeah, still some interesting guys out there like J.D. Davis suddenly is like StatCast monster and getting regular playing time and just widely available. So that's it. so in my main event league, you know, I lost Gallo. I just lost uh, Glaber Torres. I don't know how serious it is, but it seems like you had to go back after hurting his abdomen. Uh, I've lost, you know, a bunch of guys, and yet um, I just I picked up I, I picked up J.D. Davis. So he's you know a regular in my lineup now. I picked up. Yep. Uh, that Reds outfielder, Aristides, whatever, Aquino. That guy yeah. had a couple home runs for me. Trenton Grisham of the yeah. Brewers. Yeah. I picked him up for a buck. So I've just got all these, like, rookie, random rookies that nobody really – they weren't even, like, you know, in the top 30 or 50 prospects, and now they're in my lineup. Yeah, I know there are other guys. Those are great examples. You know, the J.D. Davis guy, look, again, the stat cast suggests he's for real. Then a couple Yankees guys, what it might, the two Mikes, Mike Ford, and I don't know if it's pronounced Talkman or whatever. You know, he's, Talk, I think it's like Talkman. Talkman, he's interesting. And that Diaz, the infielder on the Marlins. Uh, and Aquino was another good one. Yeah, some, definitely some interesting bats uh, still available now. But uh, I, I guess I'm glad to hear that it's super competitive and, and tough for you to, to acquire them and not just the, the patience game hasn't made it easy in no, those leagues. It, it hasn't. And, and I wasn't that patient. But it was funny. You outbid me by like a few bucks on Paddock early in the year. Because you were desperate for pitching, so you and I forgot that you were that you had punted pitching. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have gone a little bigger because I just forgot when I was doing the bid that I had to specifically bid higher on an available pitcher because you were in the league. And so I missed off. I missed him by like ten bucks. So there's a lot of stuff that could have been, you know, better. That I, I told you, I, I took like Severino. Nothing. I took Severino in the third pick in my third pick, and and uh, Bellinger and Blackman were still on the board. Ugh, me loving Paddock might cost you one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars too. I know that, it could. It. Although yeah. I was trolling you, thinking you were going to pick pitchers earlier than you did, so I took Rich Hill, who was really good for half a year, oh, and I took Hugh right. Darvish, who's been yeah, great Darvish. the last two. Yeah, I remember Darvish. Yeah, just I to like troll that. you, you were like, "No, I wasn't thinking of taking him." Yeah. So, but like, that actually helped me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, do you have any other? Uh, I think baseball to talk about. I saw they're on pace for to hit 1,100 more homers than last season. I mean, just just crazy. Supposedly they found the issue of the core in baseball, the scientists, but they didn't exactly reveal what they're going to do about it. But um, I don't know, some interesting stuff with that. But uh, you have any other baseball thoughts before we go to football? Yeah, it's just so crazy, the environment. Like, Jorge Soler has, like, 31 home runs, you know, in yeah, yeah. in early August. And there's guys, you know, Yelich is a little dinged up, but he and Bellinger and Pete Alonso and Trout, they're all, like, 38 home runs. There's two months, two full months left. Like, somebody's going to get, definitely there's going to be multiple 50 home run guys, but somebody might get, like, 59 or 60. I mean, there might be... Some crazy totals at the end of the year. The Yankees have like five more homers than the Gi- in Camden Yards in Baltimore than the Giants do at home this season. That's just just crazy. Um, but that's uh, insane. It, it is it is insane. The uh, the homer. I don't know if it's gonna keep going that way or they are gonna have to kind of counter and make a change. But uh, it's definitely out of control. But literally anybody can hit home. I mean, it's like you just have to make sure you've got some full time guy with a pulse in your lineup. That's why I'm just picking up all these rookies that are playing. If they and they had power at AAA because it's like it's just so easy to hit home runs now. Yeah, it, it's it's too easy. Um, football, um, I guess uh, I have a few things to talk to you about. Uh, the first one is the most is the most recent news: Duke Johnson getting traded to the Texans. First, feel free to give me a hard time because I, I do remember you saying once or twice that you went after Dante Foreman because of me. But in my defense, it was more of a I just anti Lamar Miller who I buried in my rankings and. Sorry, I couldn't predict Foreman missing classes or whatever. I mean, it's so weird, whatever. I mean, the first reports were were good on his health, but Duke Johnson. I mean, real, I mean, real, man, real man doesn't sour on Foreman just because he got cut. 
Yeah, well, he's on the Colts now. You never know. But um, I, I moved Duke Johnson ahead of Lamar Miller and uh, like the, the situation and a good, good player. I don't know if he could be a lead back, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's like 5'9", 210. So he's almost big enough. You know, I mean, Mark Ingram's 5'9", 215. It's not like he's that far from being a guy who can play on early downs. He's certainly bigger than Phil Lindsay and Matt Breida. And those guys were getting early down work. I think he maybe could. I think the team is, they like Miller for some reason, but it's pretty good for Johnson because he's going to get his 60 catches now. You pretty much know that. And then he's going to, you know, he could have more carries than he's ever had. He could get 120 carries. I'm not sure. And Mario Puig loves uh, Duke Johnson. And I'm not sure why he got pigeonholed as a pass catching back so early in his career. Yeah, I know he's, he's definitely an interesting situation now. It's hope he picks up. Um, picks up that offense. I want to ask you, what, what are you doing with Chris Carson? I keep fluctuating. I have, I have kept Rashad Penny ahead of him. And I wonder if that's just being the sucker play. I know week one, they're both healthy. I would absolutely rather Carson out there and I'm a believer in him. And I know all, I love all the broken tackle metrics, but doesn't have any long speed. And like it was undrafted guys that came out of nowhere. I'm just skeptical if they can keep it up. He has this injury history. So is it crazy um, even say, I know you're going to probably say at full point PPR, you're going to agree with me there, but maybe half point PPR. Is it crazy to take Penny and his upside ahead of Carson and just, just assume that Carson cannot hold up the rest of this year? Yeah, I've got Penny at 32 and, uh, Carson at 35 and full PPR. But if you were to go half or standard, Carson will move ahead. Okay. So, you know, I just, in a full PPR, your, your ceiling is so capped if you're not catching a lot of passes these days. I mean, it's just... You just can't really be a top 12 running back. There's just no possibility. Maybe Derrick Henry if he got like 2,000 yards or something, but it's just really hard to do. Yeah. Okay, so it's not crazy at all to take Penny ahead of him. In fact, you would. In a PPR, no, yeah. it's not. Okay. All right. Um, me and Andy Barron's had a Devontae Adams versus uh, OBJ uh, debate, and I just wanted to point out that I, I opened my – I defended uh, Beckham, of course, uh, linking to your – Devonte Adams tweet because it was my favorite Twitter thread of the, the last five years. So I just wanted to <laughs> highlight that in my Yahoo, uh, just so you know, I highlighted more people mocking you endlessly. Um, so I, I, yes, yeah. I, 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 I did see it. I did see okay. the link that you okay. posted. Very nice. <laughs> and I also wrote another strategical article talking about, um, how I'm going after running backs and, uh, mainly a couple hot takes I wanted to, to ask you about. I, I've recently, I've actually since then moved Nick Chubb to number five overall ahead of David Johnson, uh, Rudy Gamble actually persuaded me that maybe David Johnson is not the perfect situation. I was kind of leaning that way anyway. Check out his thread. He did a nice article on that. But Chubb, dude, this guy led the NFL in elusiveness. Highest yards per carry after contact at, since it's been recorded last year. His goal line carry percentage was out of control once he took over last year. His, his workout metrics are way better than Kareem Hunt's. I mean, they're not even comparable. Comps got Hunt's coming from a system that was always producing whoever back there. I do think Hunt is very good in his own right, but man, I mean, he, Chubb had the second most twenty-plus yard runs and forty-plus yard runs to, to your boy Barkley last year. He didn't even see the field until the end of October. So why is this guy available at the end of round two, in which you've got him? I have him number five on my board. I can see it because you know now that Johnson's gone, Chubb probably be a three-down back on a great team, and he was good. So he's a good player on a good team getting all the work. And wh what more could you possibly want? I guess the only thing missing is that we don't know that he'll be a 60 catch back. Maybe he'll be a 35, 40 catch back. We don't know, you know how much of the third down work he's going to get. 
But it doesn't really seem like there's anyone else there now, right? Because Kareem Hunt's not going to be there for eight games at a minimum. So you think for eight games, Nick Chubb's going to get like the Le'Veon Bell workload? Yeah, and, I, and when he's leading the league in rushing and in touchdowns, I don't think he's going to cede too many carries to Hunt when he comes. You know, that's like an eternity too, week nine or ten or whatever. I mean, that's that, that's crazy. Well, and, it's, it makes it hard to draft Hunt because he can't wait that long for somebody, but it's still going to hurt Chubb if it happens. It may not be, you know, someone in week six or week five will play chicken and get him on the roster uh, for the three weeks. You know, it, it'll yeah. or someone will draft him and try to hold him and then run out of room and then. Yeah. People bid no, on him. No, no doubt there are leagues where benches are not too full, but I believe like NFFC has pretty deep benches. Yeah. So I, I, one, one, uh, may, the note that I would say about this, I'd actually like it, is Hunt is getting mostly ignored in drafts, at least the ones I've been in. So you can get that handcuff cheaper because of that suspension. But, but it's yeah, not it a handcuff unless someone gets hurt. Like the handcuff, yeah. the handcuff is one thing. Let's say Chubb gets hurt, Cream Hunt can be crazy valuable. But the problem is that he hurts them if he's, they both stay healthy because you're not going to start both. Probably. Of course, and that's the part in which I don't care about as much as obviously the market is. So, so right. But I mean, obviously, I'd love Hunt as a guy who could take over, you know, a possible injury situation who's available late because of his suspension. That's I'm right. looking at that situation through rose-colored glasses. But I, I also don't just think Baker Mayfield's like a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a superstar, awesome quarterback. Beckham, not just good receiver, you know, generational talent, awesome. So like the system he's in also, not just the look at the running back himself. I don't know. I just think the combinations here is pretty awesome. And, and um, I'm closer to moving him actually like to first overall than I am back where his ADP is. But his ADP is catching up to me, by the way. But that's the first guy I want to ask about. Damian Williams, we talked about on XM. You you since played, I believe, some of the Andy Reid, um, some, some, some of his actual Yeah, he said it would be a committee, Andy so, Reid. Yeah, but I, mean, again, I don't know if that means like, you know, yeah, we're only going to give them 65% of the work. There's going to be a committee of people behind them. Like that, that's fine. Nobody cares about that. Everybody has a backup. Everyone gets spelled once in a while. Not everyone has Zeke Elliott's workload. But, or is it like a real committee where nobody gets 200 carries? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, it just produced the, the, the most lucrative of all, as Andy Reid, the last the last eight years. And he his workout metrics are good, but he hasn't had 50 carries in a season in his entire career. And now he's dealing with the hamstring problem. But to me, if he falls in round three, with Carlos Hyde, I just I, I I just think those first quotes Reed said were a little misrepresented because it, it was more like, oh, Hyde is now getting more of an opportunity to win that number two job because that guy just finishes last in basically every metric in, or every PFF grade over the past four years. So I still am bullish on Damian Williams, and I like if he's slipping around three because I, I, I personally would take him in two in a heartbeat still. Would you not take him in round two, though? Uh, I think about it. depends who was there. You know who I'm warming up to, and it's scaring me, is Fournette. They said that he's having a really good camp, and you got to think about like what he was dealing with. All the, the entire offensive line was hurt in Jacksonville last year. He was hurt. The quarterback play was terrible. The offense terrible. was horrible. He, he made you know remember how bad Gurley was that year you know before uh, McVeigh took over. It it can happen to even good running backs. So I I'm kind of like getting him the third round, given his projected workload is pretty good. Yeah, and even if Fournette's not a great like special running back, certainly doesn't look like he is for worth of number four overall pick or whatever, but volume matters most, and he certainly is staring that in the face. And yeah, who knows? A quarterback could be a massive upgrade, even if it's just average. So I hear you there, but I am maybe I'm just been personally bitten enough. I, I, I worry about his his health, but you certainly the upsides upsides are with him. So a couple other hot takes. I want you to tell me how crazy I am. I recently decided to just move Lamar Jackson way up my, my quarterback board. I'm like, if I'm going to take a quarterback early, it's one who averaged the most fantasy points per, per dropback last year. 
could improve a little bit as a passer. Mark Andrews actually looks like a legit weapon. I mean, the guy had the most carries in NFL history last year from the quarterback position. Obviously not sustainable, but I just I moved him to number four, put Kyler Murray number five, Cam because of the rushing ability six, and move guys back you know ahead of guys like Andrew Luck who's currently hurt, and Aaron Rodgers even you know whose whose YPA has been declining three four years in a row. He's thirty five years old and doesn't have that rushing upside. Is that crazy? It's not crazy. I mean, in a one QB league, you, you know sometimes it pays to just take the crazy running upside quarterback and then just back him up with somebody that'll be available for free later, like Phil Rivers, and it, it can work. I guess when you do projections that also like are useful in two QB leagues and QB flex leagues, floor matters a little bit, right? So like there's Kyler Murray, that, that offense could be like last year's. It could be a total disaster. I mean, it probably won't be, but it's a bunch of new guys coming together for a new coach who's never coached in the NFL, rookie quarterback, who knows? Could take half a season to get going. Lamar Jackson could make vast improvements as a passer, but they could also play it very conservative like they did last year. You know, uh, Marquise Brown is still hurt. They don't really have any good wide receivers. It's like there's downside too. you know, it's just in a one QB league. I think you may as well. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's a lot of QB flex leagues and stuff where, you know, maybe you want to just go s- super cheap on Matthew Stafford who can't lose his job or can't, you know, who's going to have like a floor of being just, you know, okay. Uh, if you're in a situation like that. Yeah, and also, actually, point, NFFC, the scoring's a little different. Obviously, that, that hurts the, if it's six-point per pass, and it, and, it, and I think it stunts the passing yardage, too, or, or it increases it, so it hurts the rushing quarterbacks a little. But um, what I'm – yeah, these guys – it's definitely going to hurt the projection guys like you, what I'm saying, because I'm having hot takes and a couple others I'm going to throw at you, which is funny for you to argue the other way because I feel like all our other previous arguments, especially with the top guys, is – You've just been the one theme is you're you're typically the more optimistic and I and I'm always arguing what could go wrong. So so now we're kind of taking a, a counter here because I'm I'm upside. Speak just sticking with Lamar Jackson real quick is I, I've also moved Mark Ingram way up my board because it just looks like he's the clear guy there and he can catch the ball. And yes, Lamar Jackson may take some rushing scores, but it just since he took over last year, there I think the running backs still had the most carries in the NFL. So I, I've secretly he's he's the guy I'm targeting in rounds three and four. Um, the, the other thing what I, number do you have Ingram among running backs in PPR? So I, I have him at 15, but I'm considering putting him to 13. Oh, 15? Holy yeah. crap, I got him to 3. Yeah, so I really like Ingram. The more I've looked into it, the more I've thought about it. He's the guy that I just bumped way up my board. I, I, I like this. Yes, so that definitely higher than ADP, I'm, I'm aware. Next, next crazy, this might even be crazier. I decided to go ahead and rank um, OJ Howard ahead of Ertz. Uh, why must we just rank them in, in the order in which they finished last year? Uh, Goddard could emerge uh, there. He got a lot of those stats last year without Wentz. Um, I'm just regressing Ertz to his normal season. And I'm um, thinking Howard is far more upside than that. So that's, that's how I ranked them. And that's how I would personally draft them. What are your thoughts? Well, what, hap- what happened last year with Ertz is he got 156 targets, which is just off the charts. Yep. Uh, the Eagles drafted a receiver in the second round. They've got Jeffrey. They've got Deshaun Jackson now. Like there's a lot Goddard. of players. Goddard, they've got an awesome uh, other tight end. Yeah, and they've got Aguilar. I mean, they've got a lot of players to feed, a lot of mouths to feed. But Ertz got 156 targets and 116 catches, the all-time record for tight ends. Yeah, not mostly from Wentz, though, right? Right? Not mostly from Wentz, though, right? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think he was. He did. He did work with both QBs. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. He he had a lot of 10 reception games. He had a 14 reception game. 
He had a, an 11, 10, a 10, a 14, and 12. Wentz is a great deep thrower, and I believe Foles' target share was much higher. But okay, yeah, no, Ertz is a very good player, but you, you, but you do you expect even close to a similar amount of targets this year? Uh, I gave him 142, so I knocked him down 14 targets, but maybe maybe that's too high. Maybe they'll spread it around more. I could knock yeah. him down a little more. I, just, you know, Howard is so good. I think he's probably better than Ertz in real life, but man, they just he just never gets a huge target share. I, it's, I guess it's a new. New situation, new coaches. Yeah, Arians has never okay. actually been tied to a tight end, but I mean, Winston throws to his tight ends like absolutely crazy by the most of any quarterback in football. And you just look at all his underlying metrics. He just looks like a super duper star waiting to happen. How, but how many targets do you think OJ Howard had last hurt. year in 10 games? Oh, man, it was not a lot at all because he split with Brait. Uh, probably, oh, man, I don't know, 50. 48. Oh, oh God, I wasn't embarrassed myself there. Yeah, okay. Well, I expect him to get. Far more targets this year. Well, he resulted in five touchdowns. He has 11 touchdowns um, in his career, learning the yeah. toughest position to learn. On, eight, on 87 targets. Yeah, on 87 I, career targets, he has 11 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, this guy. Uh, he's really good. He's, he's a really good player. I just, yeah, you're right, though. Just because they didn't give him targets last year. I mean, they lost to Sean Jackson. It's a new coaching staff. It'll probably be, you know, but there's still Godwin and Evans. You know, it's it's like there's oh, it's three options. Oh, it's all going to be concentrated there. there, though. That's it. No Humphreys, yeah, no Deshaun it. Jackson, yeah, no Humphrey's running back, gone. and a horrible defense. Yeah, and and an, oh, oh man, that's, that's I love God. I move Godwin to thirteenth too. I'm like I would take Godwin over Diggs yeah. or Thielen for sure. Minnesota's going to run the ball like crazy, and they're sharing too. So Can you take Godwin over Thielen? I wouldn't. Absolutely. Do that. Have you seen Thielen's second half last year? One team's going to be the yeah. most ground heavy. One team's going to be the most pass heavy. And one guy's young and, and cu- upcoming and cra- yeah, sure, absolutely, yes, I would. All right, I'll prop that. Let's prop that. PPR. Okay. Even though it's dumb of me, though. I mean, it's dumb of me because the the ADPs he's way lower. But sure, I will do that because I will have him ranked higher. So yes, Fine. I will do. Fifty bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Email. Done. Email. Okay. PPR Done. points. Okay. Minimum minimum thirteen games each. Okay. All right. Okay. So it's not just a stupid injury thing that you know okay. wipes one out. All right. But um, uh, these, I mean, I, I mean, I get it that they slowed it down late in the season, but they also had tons of offensive line injuries and they couldn't get you know they couldn't have a lot of time to throw. But uh, 113 catches last year. Yep. No, he was really, really, really good, especially that. 113 yeah. catches and and you know even if Minnesota's run heavy and they only throw say 490, 500 attempts. I mean, who are they going to go to? It's going to be Diggs and Thielen. That's it. A little bit to Rudolph, a little bit to Cook. That's it. Yep. Same same with Tampa Bay. They're just going to be totally concentrated with those three. And I, I'm big big on Godwin and um, <clears throat> and Howard. So um, I, I definitely know that that's uh, different than uh, every other draft board, Howard over Ertz. But uh, that was my thinking there. And then a couple other hot takes is this. I have Will Fuller and Christian Kirk probably higher than, than most, I would guess. Fuller is, is a simple one. Can he stay healthy? Um, went on the field, he and, and, and Watson, he's a slam dunk wide receiver one. So I don't really get the, I kind of split the difference. So I made him wide receiver 20. You know, I feel like that's splitting the difference um, than his upside. Uh, but mostly I think he goes in like the mid thirties. And then Christian Kirk, I feel like that's just a massive tier of wide receivers there. You know, the Tyler Boyds, DJ Moore, I know you love Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Lockett, Dante Pettis, all those guys. Why not Kirk? I just like the upside. The guy who's familiar with the system but no, and everyone else there raw, and uh, yeah. So, so he's another guy I like more than most. What are your thoughts? Yes. Uh, I've got Fuller at sixty-one. Why? 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 Because you're just that convinced he'll get hurt again? I mean, because he's he's yeah, a I, I guess, one whenever he plays. I mean, he's he's a white. I know, but 
I gave him 51 catches for 766 yards and five touchdowns. And you say he's a wide receiver one, but I mean, Hopkins is there and QT is there. I mean, it's just. I mean, you've got maybe. Like, I mean, guys, Q, how many career targets does QT have? I mean, and he's a slot guy. They do never throw to their tight end. They have a very high fast pace. And uh, yeah. they don't. Then they, who's their running back? Again, this is very similar to the other two teams we talked about. Very high, the underrated pace, Houston, too. Yeah, I don't know. I just think Hopkins is just such a target hog. And you got two other guys. They may have a tight end emerge. I mean, what I like. If, I mean, what sure, if I, Hopkins I just, got hurt? Conversely, which it's very, very difficult to be really good like eight years in a row. Like that's that's a tough thing to do. I know he's already done it six, but that's a tough thing too. And then stay you know healthy all those times. What if what if he were to go down on the flip side? Then what would Fuller be? I mean, there's some upside, but he's still only yeah, six feet one eighty four. I don't know if he's going to ever be the hundred forty target guy. You know, I think his ceiling is probably like a Deshaun Jackson season where he's like a hundred targets for like you know thousand yards and nine touchdowns that would be the ceiling all right well we definitely disagree on on fuller what about uh what about kirk uh kirk i you know i'm i could be persuaded i you know who knows which one of those receivers is going to pop but if they do have the fastest paced offense and he's you know ends up being the emerging star in it which he could be he's a second year guy showed some promise last year there's a lot of upside for him i mean i think there's a, there's no floor i mean he could just not be that good and isabella could be there top guy you know they could still throw a lot to Fitzgerald they could get Hakeem Butler one of those other guys involved so there's no floor but I definitely see the ceiling I, I think what you're going to have is it worked out in pitching for you this year like you're going to have like 10 receivers on your bench or 10 receivers to choose from and they're all going to have cases of why they could blow up but you're going to have to get it right and you're going to also have to start the right guy a lot of times which is one of the other perils of the strategy Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to leave you with one stat, and it's just to trigger you. I'm not even, uh, whatever, commenting further, but uh, Scott Barrett. Uh, so excluding carries of 20-plus yards, now obviously those count, um, Saquon Barkley averaged just 2.72 yards per carry. That's the worst of 256 qualifying seasons within the PFF era. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you're taking away <laughs> all his good carries. I mean – I don't. I don't know. It's like excluding. I know. I know. So is that, is well, no, no. But it's like think of it this way. Think of it this way. It's artificial because, let's say, Saquon has the most forty and twenty yard carries of anybody, so he's losing like which he seven does, by the way. yard carries and probably, you know, fifteen or twenty twenty yard carries. So he's losing twenty plays that are long. Not only are they super long, but also there's a lot of them. Whereas when you cut off Zeke Elliott's twenty yard plays, you're cutting off like three plays. See what I mean? You're not cutting off 20 <laughs> yeah. plays. Yeah. So yeah. those those big ones for Elliott might be 11, 12, 16, a lot of those in there. And he's getting to keep all of those because you're only cutting off the 20-yard plays. So if you cut off the everybody's 20 best runs, it wouldn't be the, the lowest. The reason that he goes so low is you're cutting off so many plays. Ima- imagine you're a running back that has one 20-yard, you know, he's three 20-yard-plus carries the whole year. And they're for like 26, 22, and 21. You're only losing 67 yards, whatever it is, 69 yards if you cut those three plays off. Barkley's losing like 20 times. He's losing like 400 of his yards. 
Yeah, I know. He he literally did lead the league. I talked about, I bragged about Nick Chubb. I know, I know but you see why it's a, it's a flawed yeah, stat. It's because it's most, not only taking it away, because he's getting a lot more of them. Yes, I, I know what you're saying. And it's right. great. It's taking away 20 carries. If you took away everybody's 20 best carries rather than their 20 yard carries, right, right. That would yes. be very different. It would yeah. still hurt Saquon more because he's got so many, you know, you're taking up more yards. Because his 20 but, best carries are better than all the others. Yeah. Better, it hurts him more. But at least you take away the same number of plays, and I guarantee he's not. It's just that you're taking away so many of his plays, his yes. positive plays. Yes. No. You 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 worded it correct. You know, worded yeah. it right there. But he was just known at Penn State for kind of being the boomer bust, and it was just kind of stark that it's you know if he's not busting at 20 yards, he's literally averaging the fewest yards per carry of any qualifying yeah. season. I mean that yeah, that, but, that right there is, is kind no, of no. But that's not again. Take away the 20 best carries from every single back, rather than the two best carries. And you're going to see a lot of guys average less. Yeah, that's, that's definitely framing it more properly. Um, do you have any other football thoughts? Uh, not really. You know, I'm just, I don't know. You know, we, we kind of all know where all like the pressure points are. Like is Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, like all these guys that are sort of, they could, you know, Mark Ingram, they could blow up. They could be terrible. You got to pick them at some point. Like, where are you picking them? You know, I don't know. I just think it's just, we don't really know. You're just going off of like, I was I was asking Pete on this today. Like you're just kind of going off. I have a good vibe about this guy. I've got a bad vibe about this guy. Because in the end, you're trying to pretend like you're clairvoyant, not you, but one does. But really, like some of these guys are going to pan out. Some of them won't, and it might not be something that's predictable. It might be like a game of blackjack where you're like, yeah, I knew I get a six when I hit up fifteen. You know, it's just I, I I wonder. We you know we try to read the tea leaves so much, but maybe it's just. It's just like it just you know you could almost randomly pick guys in the same uh, ADP range and you know just as good a chance. Well, I won't deny any of that to, to be untrue. I personally find my, find it far more enjoyable like researching and coming up with these these opinions in football than baseball, which is just not only more overwhelming with the prospects and the amount of sheer amount of volume, but I just any projection systems uh, you know steamer the bat is is far better than than myself so. It's uh, it's just different, you know. I'm certainly not going to rely on your projections for football. I mean, that's that that much is, if anything, is clear. It's become that. After right. Why would you want to win your leagues? Uh, but, um, why would you want? I know. I, I do like it. I do like researching a little bit and coming up with the takes and just the different things you can. But you're, of course, yeah. Who who knows? And we're all just throwing darts. And, and it's funny if if it's like Dalvin Cook. I don't really have a strong feeling one way or the other. He could be good. He could be too fragile. I don't know. But a lot of people are claiming Dalvin Cook as like a huge upside guy. And a lot of people are staying away because of injuries. And it's going to go probably one way or the other. And then whoever gets it right is going to say, I knew it. I knew it beforehand. <laughs> it was obvious. How could you take him there? Right. You and knew he was going to get hurt. Or if right. he goes crazy, it'll be like, of course. The guy's the most talented back in the league, and now he's finally healthy. Yeah, it could just be a slight hamstring tweak or not, the difference. Um, I hear you, man. Um, that's why I say this grab like five running backs in a row. Maybe I should, I try to make the analogy more receivers to my, to my pitchers, but maybe I should just take six straight starting pitchers next year and hope that three or four hit or something. Maybe that is the way to do it. I don't know. Um, well, no, this year, this year you were able to get the Matt Boyds and Chris Paddocks. So you yeah. didn't really need right. to take right, pitching. Right, right, right. But it the is problem clear is that, beginning. The problem is, is that there's so much hitting coming out of nowhere in this environment that, that like it didn't really pay to pay up for hitting, you know. It's like you could just right. get like Jorge Soler for nothing. There's so many guys like that. Yeah, that that is that is one of the problems. And uh, but I do, I, I mean, it is clear getting one of the actual, you know, the four or five horses starting pitchers remains huge. 
Um, all right. So you still like Saquon Barkley, even though, despite the facts to the contrary, um, what, uh, so, so let me, let me tell you this. I got Barkley and I got Chubb in that beat Chris list. And then I got Fournette and, and Kittle. like Kittle, right? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah too bad you blew it, ruined it with, with Fournette. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's ridiculous. It, especially, I, yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I'm pretty excited for that, that team. I'm sure it, it never works as planned. I got Mayfield in the seventh. It's a good team. Yeah. Let me know if you do another uh, Chris list too, though, because I will. I will do that one. Okay. It, it will be. It'll be like okay. a week or two. I'll, All right. I'll, well, give me right. more than like an hour notice or something. Just so yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you know I'll when I sign up. All right. Um, I don't got much more sports wise. I got. I'm doing my, my bathroom redone. That's the first any construction in a house, and it's uh, since been told it's a leader of the uh, cause of divorce. But uh, so far, it's been uh, okay. But it's sorry it made you. Rearrange your schedule to shoot this podcast. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, on the politics landscape? Well, there was another debate since we last recorded. Uh, I was reading a Vice column about Biden is uh, the weed industry's worst nightmare, going to make it a Schedule Two drug, which would basically put it behind the pharmaceutical wall. So, um, not, 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 I'm not going to be voting for Joe Biden, um, uh, but he does appear to be the favorite. No way! No way! You've said on this podcast forever that not a chance and vegas still has him as the odds on favor he looks so like just horrible in these debates to me he comes across but uh, tell me this guy's not going to win uh the, the the democratic uh you know nomination no way no way i've said it before but i think he basically makes trump look like winston churchill that's how much of a out to lunch idiotic um non-commanding presence joe biden is and I, the only reason he's polling well is because people associated him with Obama, and you know, for better or worse, Obama is popular among the base. That's it. No, he hides behind that every chance he gets. A lot of the answers he just goes in. Yeah, he definitely. Well, could see well, well. the truth is that like a lot of Obama's policies were really bad and failures, and but people liked him personally, and so right because of a positive association with him, especially compared to Trump. Nobody wants to throw Obama's that's, record that's under the bus. That's a per- perfect way of putting it. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. But like, I think it has to be thrown under the bus because it's just not popular. You know, like he was popular, but the legacy he left is not popular. So you know, they, they've got this problem where you, know, you have like sort of the the image of him, and then the reality of him. And I think that Biden's trying to hide behind the image of him, but I don't think it's going to work. And I just don't um, think Biden has the goods, like mentally, to handle it. What and then yeah and then you're, you know and you saw that Tulsi got like a lot of uh, attention because she basically you know destroyed Kamala. That sounds great. That's what she should do, right? Tell the truth about some of these people. I mean, she put people in jail for weed. You know, I mean, what kind of person does that? And she smoked weed. She laughed about it. Yeah, laughed. Like, what kind of person does now. that? You're ruining someone's life when you put them in jail. It's not like a, a small matter to put someone in jail. It should be for a serious crime. I mean, what a, what if? psycho you know that's just who does that yeah. and the one guy the only guy she was ever lenient with was steve nunchen the trump's uh, treasury secretary who's a billionaire she didn't prosecute so you know she's it's so obvious what she is i just i just think she's gonna have a hard time making that case so i, I think mayor pete is gonna probably win i don't like him he, he said something about i don't know the, check out glenn greenwald's twitter feed he, he tweeted something about how mayor pete's basically encouraging more civil liberties violations in the wake of these shootings and stuff. So I, I'm not a fan of Mayor Pete, but I think that he's he's got like Obama's communication skills and he's clear 
and he doesn't have the baggage that some of the other ones have, like Kamala and obviously Hillary last time. So I think that the establishment's going to realize, he has the most billionaire donors. Like the billionaires like Buttigieg. So the establishment's going to realize, okay, we can't get Biden in. This guy's just too out to lunch. Kamala is too, you know, she's done too much bad stuff. So Buttigieg, who's kind of clean, can be the guy to do the dirty work and and still sell it with sort of an appealing, you know, an, an appealing style. And also, you know, he's gay, so he has a little cred of being discriminated against, you know, or at least being part of a class of people that's been discriminated against. So I think he's going to probably win. And I don't think he, I think he's going to be just like Obama. Like he'll do the bidding of the banks and the military industrial complex, but he has a fresh enough face and he's a good enough communicator that the left won't, you know, they'll compromise and give in with him. I hope it's Tulsi, but that, my bet is that, that Mayor Pete is the nominee. He's an excellent communicator for sure, but um, I feel like for as, as far as the nominee goes, he has a problem. He has an issue with that shooting in his home state, though. I don't know. I don't know. That might affect the vote there. But why would it? Why would that affect him? I mean, he, you know, something bad happened in his home state. Like, why would that disqualify him? I I'm not saying it disqualifies him. I don't know. I just uh, why is that a negative? It seems to like, me there's there's pushback. The mayor, I, I don't know. the mayor, like oh, a, I, oh, I don't think it's a small yeah, city. I like, I mean, it's not his fault. There's a shooting, right? Yeah. No. Totally. Um, yeah, well, I, interesting. What about Bernie? You know, he was just, I just listened to him on Rogan. He actually went on Rogan's podcast and sat down for an hour and a half, said some interesting things. I, I personally don't think he really has much of a, he didn't even sound like he thought he had much of a, much of a shot, but, um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Bernie and his relationship with, you know, Elizabeth Warren, how they, why don't they just like team up already? It seems like. Yeah. I'll just, just get a room. The, no, like, uh, like they run on the same ticket, like just announce yeah. it now. I don't know what that could help. I don't, I don't know why they would, I, I don't know. It, would, it seems to me like that would be a strategy to consider. I like Bernie better than Warren. I think Warren's kind of full of it. You know, she's, she pushed like the Mueller hoax. She, you know, made up that thing about being Native American. I don't know. There's, there's something great about her. She's definitely gone after, the only one like really went after those bank CEOs and really took it to them. That's good. And she's obviously smart and understands a lot of the financial stuff that's going on, but I don't know. I, I don't think she's going to do it. And I don't think, she, I think she's like, she's, you know, she, she has this like integrity in this one area, but I, I wonder, and she, she didn't endorse Bernie last time. She tried to play it safe. And I think that caught, you know, that's, that's who I think she probably is. Um, you know, Tulsi actually did the opposite. She quit the DNC because she didn't like the way that what they were doing. She didn't believe in Hillary's message and she went to support Bernie. She, she was the DNC chair and she quit. To, because she she couldn't condone what they were doing. That's way different than Warren sort of sitting out the endorsement for Bernie and waiting to see who would win. You know what I mean? It's just that yeah. shows who you are. I mean, there was a moment you got to take action. You know, real man drafts Nick Chubb. You got to do it, you know? And <laughs> if you don't do it and then he becomes, a you know, RB1 this year on the best offense in football maybe, you know, then you, you don't win your league. You know, you don't win the overall. I mean, those are yeah. the choices you have to make, you know? And, and she had a tough choice. It was definitely a tough choice because people thought Hillary was going to win. And if she had endorsed Bernie, she would have been persona non grata. But you got to do what's right. You can't be always calculating. And to me, that was a huge blunder. And so I, I like Bernie better than her. I just, I think like he's not really, like people want like somebody that they can, you know, like a superhero or the, or the, the quarterback. They want the quarterback. They want the Baker Mayfield, the Joe Montana. They want someone to come in and get it done. And Bernie has the right ideas, and I, and I think he's smart. I think he gets it. But is he the one who's like, I'm the guy who can get this done? He's kind of like, we can work together, you know, not me, us. Like, this is not a very strong message for, for president. Even if it's the better president is the guy who's not all about himself, 
if you want to win the election, you know, people want somebody who's a leader. They want someone they can like look to to get it done. So I, that's that's where I think he's coming up a little short. Well, it makes sense. You had me fired up with the Nick Chubb talk. Uh, what a dangerous name that guy has, by the way. You know, there's a silver silver bullet league. Uh, have you seen that the NFFC? It's like a single entry, thousand dollar or whatever entry. The people are trying to talk some interesting guys. Anyway, anyway, if I do that I, I'm, and I get the number one pick, you're talking me into real man takes Nick Chubb first overall. Um, it's definitely on the table. Do you have any other any any other thoughts before we go as far as uh, the politics side list? All that all that does make sense to me, and it's uh, I will be curious though because telling you Biden Biden is the favorite right now. No way, no way. Fade that shit if you can. All right. All right. So nothing else for for politics. That's it. That's it. Okay. I can't remember what I was looking at. I've I've been looking at some stuff that's annoying, but I can't remember. <laughs> of course, it doesn't take much. I, I would imagine, but um, I don't have anything else other than and I, I will say in honor of Eddie Murphy reportedly getting. See this seventy million dollars to do a comedy special. I don't. I don't think he's done stand up in thirty years. So that's going to be pretty pretty crazy. I'm not a huge into these comedy specials stuff, but I will recommend Anthony Jeselnik's Fire in the Maternity Ward. It's on Netflix, and if you just stay for the first joke, and if you don't like it, then then move on. But uh, I uh, that that's my one recommendation oh, of the week. I got one thing. You ever watch the Eric Andre show on the Swim Channel? No, but I, I do know who you're speaking of. But no, I've not watched that. No. You should you should Google that. That that Eric stuff is just it's out of control. Okay, it is out right. of control. Nice. All right, and, I like the record. Especially list. if you're in an altered state of consciousness, it is just so out of control. It's super goofy, but just imagine somebody. It's kind of like a cross between Jackass and Borat, or not Borat, Bruno. You know, Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen meets Jackass, basically. Well, that's you know, that's right up my alley. I'm a big Baron Cohen fan. Okay, I'm I'm writing this down right now. Watch the Definitely. watch the one with the guy from The Sopranos. There's that you know the guy who um, got into a fight with Tony and then Tony made him kill somebody at the end. Like he was married to Tony's sister. Okay, sure, yes. And yes. Tony was like being super mean to his sister, so they got into a fight when they were drunk. Right, right, right. Yes, 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 yes. The big fat guy. That guy yes. is one of the guests. That is, that is one of the best. <laughs> that is really yeah. one of the best. It is so screwed up what they did to him. It's All bad. Right. So it's, all right, it's, I'm fired up. No, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. excited. Good. No, no, I'll check this out. All right, cool. All right, man. Good, good stuff. Nice, nice list rec to check out. I'm writing that down, and I will. Um, yeah, man. Good times. All right, man. Take it easy, Dalton. All right, later, list.